、um, helping people, trying to cut out things that are dollars for hours a lot of times, and not just go, always going to the course、uh, model because I think you know it's just as hard to sell a ninety-seven dollar course as it is to sell a five thousand dollar year-long coaching package. It's or Whatever kind of membership kind of thing you're doing, it's just it's the same amount of work. So you know, go for the go for the higher dollar, longer, more high touch experience kind of package. I mean, I've I've seen just so much in the past like twelve years or so of people always going for that. You know, make money in your sleep, passive income. Course creator kind of program, and it 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 rarely works unless your audience is big enough. At least in my what I've seen,、uh, and really doing a high level service for a high amount of money and getting people real results has always been、uh, a lot better path for me and a lot of my clients. Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable, long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello, welcome back. If this is your first time joining, then welcome. This podcast is for digital entrepreneurs carving out their slice of the online economy. To download my free guide on starting a business online, head over to digitalnomadcafe.com/start. Today's guest is Erica Duran, and she is a podcaster, coach, online entrepreneur, and the founder of the Evolved Entrepreneur Mastermind. In this episode, we are going to discuss online business coaching, sales, and networking to grow your business. This was a great episode, and make sure you stay tuned to the end where Erica drops some of her best knowledge bombs on creating the lifestyle you want in today's digital economy. Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I love the audio-only podcast. It's such a nice break. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to set a trend there. No, no video. <laughs> <laughs> so, Erica, you're、um, you're joining us from、uh, Hawaii, I believe. Is that correct? I usually am in Hawaii, but now uh, this uh, past six months, I've been in Florida. Oh well, I mean, like that that would that would work for me. <laughs> <laughs> The the west of Ireland is the middle of summer and it's raining every single day. Oh、it's、wow! Quite frustrating. So、um, yeah, I guess I, I I just seen from the site that、um, you know a lot of your stuff is is very Hawaiian focused and I love、um, you know on your podcast the intro and everything is very aloha. It's got that real beachy vibe.、Uh, so you know that's the sort of the, the brand that you've created for yourself. Yeah, yeah, it was just my passion for Hawaii, and then my first podcast was sponsored by the Hilton Waikoloa Village in Hawaii. So it kind of just built the brand that way. And I, I'm always there. It's just the pandemic right now. I haven't been back since December. Yeah, nobody can go anywhere, so it's a staycation wherever you are for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Erica, you help people build their freedom business and work online, and you also have a, a mentor and coaching. Um, for online entrepreneurs, so can you tell us a little bit more about like how you got started in this? Like, what you know, when did you start working online? Sure, I started working、uh, online probably earlier than a lot of other people. Probably around two thousand four. I was really super into tech stuff, and、um, even though I was、uh, freelancing back then, moonlighting on my corporate job, I had a corporate job in a hotel and theme park.、Uh, Relations and、uh, 
I started working online. I started moonlighting, selling insurance and uh, mortgages and all kinds of financial services. And we used a lot of online tools even back in 2004, 2006. Uh, and then my real, my, my big break online uh, was probably around 2011 when I started coaching and mentoring uh, entrepreneurs to get their businesses online and small business owners to get their business online, mostly in the field of uh, certified professional organizers because I was a in-person organizer back then and I was trying to get my uh, you know, the organizing productivity kind of stuff online, but YouTube wasn't really that big back then. So I kind of took the productivity expert approach um, to take my kind of organizing skills and, and make it useful for entrepreneurs. So it became all things time management, productivity, how to get more done, how to, you know, repurpose content all over the place, anything that would get entrepreneurs seen more uh, and doing less busy work is what I was kind of after back then. Uh, and then it just grew from referrals and being around, you know, since 2011, um, just building different programs based on what my audience was asking for yeah that's a that's a big thing i listened to a few of your podcast episodes um you know before this episode to prep and get to know you a little better and you know that was definitely something that you hit on in your episodes is even for you to create the content and for yourself and for your sales pages and you know it comes from listening to your audience and and listening to your prospects and listening to your clients when you're having these and then that steers um, the content and the copy that you then you know produce because you're essentially trying to create that content and that, that helps them solve their pain points based on previous conversations that you've actually had with people. Yeah, and it takes all the work out of writing sales pages and social media posts and everything. Just having real conversations, whether it's through Facebook Messenger or a Facebook group or LinkedIn or on the actual telephone that listening to them and writing down everything they say or even recording it and using it in your sales pages, it, it works really well. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you hit on um, on, on calling people there as well. So like it, it, this is a, a big part of business is the phone. You know, and it's a part a lot of people are, are they're afraid of it. They're scared of it. You know, they're, they're, they don't know how to handle difficult conversations or, or maybe some pushback. And, you know, I feel more seasoned entrepreneurs have definitely, um, they're just more experienced at it, you know, and they have more confidence in, in handling those conversations on the phone. So, like, you know, how, how have you adapted um, to doing this? Yeah, the phone is definitely and I mean, it's even more scary now that a lot of it's on zoom and it's video and a lot of people are afraid to be on video. So it's even kind of scarier now for a lot of people. Um, but unfortunately, the only thing you can do is is do it and and screw it up a lot and do it again. And, and that's really the only way that you get through that fear of being on the phone or being on a, a podcast or being on video, anything like that is, is to just do it. So part of our our uh, offerings in our mastermind group is our people can, you know, practice with each other. So at least they get a little bit of a little bit of practice before they go out into the real world. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I mean, anyone who works in sales, who has worked in sales, you always do, you do role play, you'll have scripts, you'll have, you know, every 
like you know i know people who do work in sales and uh, so it's they all have that and they do training constantly and it's you know it's role play it's um scripts it's refining the scripts it's more role play like it's that's a big part of uh, training to be a salesperson so that when you are confronting those real life situations you're prepared and you just your your mind knows where to go you know and um, you don't default to uh <laughs> Yeah, when I was in corporate sales for years, I was the Western United States and Hawaii for Marriott. I was a sales um, international sales manager, and we did all that stuff. We did role playing, we did scripts, we did everything, and I was selling in um, you know a couple hundred thousand dollar timeshares or vacation ownership for Marriott, and I thought nothing of it. You know, oh, a hundred thousand dollars, okay, yay, it's closed. Um, but then when you when I went online and tried to sell, you know, a four dollar ebook. It like freaked me out because it was it wasn't selling for someone else. It was selling for myself and putting my own information out there. So it was another whole thing that you had to learn selling yourself rather than selling for a big company. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's a thing. I think it's a mental hurdle people need to get over. And once they get over it. Um, you know, then it becomes about how much how much is your time worth? Because I mean, I know a lot of freelancers listen to the show and, you know, there's I mean, a lot of respect if you if you're doing freelancing, like, of course, it's a great way to make a living online. But if you want to, you know, when you increase your rates, you've only got so many hours you can sell. You know what right. I mean? So like as, as a freelancer, you can only sell so much unless you start to diversify and have your own courses, have your own products or package things up. And essentially you drop service it. So like, you know, you package it up and you have it all done in a certain way and then somebody else can fulfill it for less and you take the cut. Like there's different ways that you could potentially scale it. But if you are always the freelancer doing the work, you'll only be able to go so far. Um, Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're always um, helping people trying to even cut out things that are dollars for hours a lot of times and not just always going to the course uh, model because I think – you know, it's just as hard to sell a $97 course as it is to sell a $5,000 year long coaching package. It's, or whatever kind of membership kind of thing you're doing. It's, it's just, it's the same amount of work. So, you know, go for the, go for the higher dollar, longer, more high touch experience kind of package. I mean, I've, I've seen just so much in the past, like 12 years or so of people always going for that, you know, make money in your sleep, passive income course creator kind of program. And it, it, it rarely works unless your audience is big enough, at least in my, what I've seen, uh, and really doing a high level service for a high amount of money and getting people real results has always been a a lot better path for me and a lot of my clients. Yeah. And I I guess that kind of leads into, you know, why did you why did you look to work with entrepreneurs? You know, so you went from the hospitality, you know, high level hospitality sales um, and, and timeshare, like you're saying, uh, you know, these high ticket financial items. And then you decided, you know, your niche would be the entrepreneur niche. Is that correct? Yes. Um, a lot of it was because I just loved starting up businesses and I would change my business like every six months just to get that new excitement. And then, you you know, over, over the few years that I was doing that, I was like, you know, this isn't the smartest thing to do. I should, you know, I still get the feeling of newness and excitement from helping other people rather than me changing things all the time. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you, when you focus in, you'll, 
you'll definitely get far better results than when you keep uh, spreading it around because your focus shifts. But at the same time, when you're entrepreneurial, you can't help yourself. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you yeah. can't help yourself. I mean, like, I have, <laughs> when I look at my own stuff, I have a services business, have affiliate websites, had an e commerce store. I only exited there last week, um, have a podcast. You know, like, there's a number of different things that are going on um, at any given time. And it's like, I can't help myself. If anything, I have to help try and n- stop myself from going into something else. You know, like, it, <laughs> it's hard not to. And, and a lot of the reason why I focused on entrepreneurs was because that's who was coming to me. So it was kind of the low hanging fruit. It was, is honestly, other professional organizers in my neighborhood, we used to meet in person and they saw that I took to social media and websites and online marketing pretty pretty quickly um, when it first kind of came out. So they were asking me, you know, how do you post on Twitter and how do you how do you get sales from your website and all that kind of stuff? So it kind of grew out of that. And then th- those people, those initial people started referring me to their non-organizer people so it was it was the low-hanging fruit honestly entrepreneurs yeah i mean there's been quite a few episodes where you know some of the first clients people tend to get when they go out freelance and is that local business network is that chamber of commerce bni mm-hmm. um and you know they're in certain areas and and they, they attend these meetups and networking events i mean there's a lot to be said if you're running any sort of online business because like you're saying a lot of these people aren't experts like maybe they you know, they they sell stuff or they have a service business or, you know, they could have any sort of a business, but they're often not as sharp at the online stuff. You know, they just don't, they don't know that. So they need people to help them. And that's where doing your local network marketing can, you know, can be really beneficial. And I still get referrals from people like three years later since mm-hmm. I was going to B&I, people still reach out to me. Oh, hey, such and such said I should talk to you about a website or about SEO um, all the time. Like happens constantly. So, you know, when you do that work, when you put it in initially, and I know obviously now with uh, coronavirus and all this sort of in-person stuff being cancelled, right? It's not happening. But I mean, you can create virtual events. You can join other virtual events. You can, you know, you could be the person in your local area or or in your region who's like, look, let's you know, let's do a a business mastermind every month. You know, there, there's lots of different ways you could potentially do what you know where you do one for free every month and everyone can join and then you upsell your own um, packages or services on the back end of it having established that trust yeah it's definitely the online networking and everything has definitely definitely become more mainstream and more um not so on the fray or weird anymore so especially with coronavirus it forced everyone to um, to kind of take, you had to go online. You you absolutely had to. So I'm I'm happy about that aspect of it. That it's it's really made people or forced people online to see that it's not so creepy to network online, and it's 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 much easier than driving around town and you know eat, getting dressed up and eating bad food and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Doing yeah, coffee meetings. Yeah. Coffee <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Look, I agree because I. I mean, I did that, you know, and uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't love it, you know, and, and it's, it sucks when you're out and you're trying to do sales and you're, and you know, you don't get sales or you're, you had a lot of wasted meetings and people are just picking your brain, you know, and now it's like, it's, it's shifted now. It's like, ah, you get X amount of time on zoom and this is what we're going to do. No travel, no going anywhere. Don't need to dress to impress. You know, it's like uh, you're, you're purchasing my experience and my knowledge and you know, you're coming here knowing what that is. And that's why the meeting was booked, you know? 
Yeah, you could totally, I mean, size people up or make sure they're qualified before you talk to them. I mean, when you show up at a BNI meeting, you don't know what you're going to get. But if you actively outreach on LinkedIn, you've re- you read basically their whole life story and resume before you reached out to them. For sure. So yeah, let's talk to that. that like kind of my next segue was like getting clients. Initially, it was people reaching out to you, um, like you're saying, these local referrals. But now your business is largely online. Um, so what are you doing now to bring people into your funnel, you know, to get people to, you know, you have your you have multiple courses and you have um, a mastermind community. So what are you doing now that works for you now, like mid, where are we, July 2020, to help get people into this funnel? Is it paid media? Is it outreach? Is it, what does it look like? Yeah, right now in 2020, right now, the best thing that I've been doing uh, for my business and to get clients has been to be on other people's podcasts, to be consistent with my podcast slash videos and consistent with social media and huge, huge outreach as far as private messaging on LinkedIn and Facebook uh, to targeted groups and people. So it seems to have come full circle uh, in, let's see, 2016, 17, Facebook groups were big. And I had my first 20K weeks just by contacting people in Facebook groups and starting conversations with them. And then that kind of totally died for a while and Facebook groups kind of blew up. Um, but right, right now I'm seeing a big resurgence in them and just... I mean, it's why I created my whole paid for your presence method. It's it's and, it, and a lot of people go, oh, paid for your presence. You sound like a diva. And I'm like, no, it's about being present on a microphone or a telephone or typing into a live Facebook group that you're having a conversation right there or getting the people off LinkedIn onto a phone call as soon as possible to kind of network and help each other. It's it's a new way of networking. We're not going to luncheons. We're not going to B&I luncheons. We are actively reaching out on LinkedIn and having f- real phone calls with people and not going for the kill on those phone calls, but really seeing how we can help each other. Can we do a podcast swap? Can we introduce someone to somebody? Do they know someone that would be great for my mastermind group? Like it's really kind of gone full circle back to old school networking that you would have done in corporate, but it is easier being with the tools of you know, podcasting and LinkedIn and Facebook groups and things like that. So it's easier that you don't have to drive all around and guess who you're going to target. Uh, but it is the one-to-one messaging that's that's working right now. Yeah. Th- th- so the direct personalization and the, like you're saying, you're not going for the kill. You're not like going, hey, here's my stuff. Go buy it. You're like, hey, let's, you know, you're in an industry that I'm interested in. We're both in a similar industry. Let's have a talk. Let's see if we can help each other out or if maybe we know who could help, Who you know, if we know people who might be able to solve some of the problems that we're having because you don't know what problems somebody's having until you speak with them. Like maybe it's, you know, maybe their WordPress got hacked and they're ready to get off WordPress. Right. <laughs> Which is something that happened to me recently and uh, has me moving some of my sites away. Um, but Or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's sales pages or maybe it's they don't have a funnel or sometimes they just, they just want, like, do you know somebody who can just take this off my plate and sort it out for me, you know, and let them keep doing what they're doing. And, you, you, you know, if you have that network built or maybe you offer that service um, yourself, 
you know, then you can help them to solve those problems. Yeah, yeah, it's it's perfect. It, it's been really, really neat to get back into the one-to-one conversations and, and messaging because I hadn't been in that for probably the last five years. It was all um, Facebook ads and, and you know, not being so consistent with my – I had four podcasts instead of one good one. I had four, you know, splintered ones. So getting really focused on just a few things and really, really focusing on being present either, like I said, on a microphone, on a telephone, or messaging and then having other people help me with all the stuff that people don't see yeah that's uh, that was something that i heard in one of your old pod in one of your podcasts and it was about you know people see the 10 percent. you know you see the you see the polished version on the front end and people only shout about the wins too people rarely go oh i just spent 20 grand on facebook ads and I'm, I, I made no sales <laughs> i'm down 20 grand <laughs> you know? yeah you, yeah you don't you don't, you don't see that post, you know <laughs> uh, you, you don't see those ones but you'll see the Oh, I made six figures on my launch in three days. And you're like, right, okay. But you didn't say how much you spent on ads or freelancers or outsourcers. Um, you know, like, so there's always so many variables. Like, so while it might look super polished on the front end, um, often, you know, when you look under the engine, and I've seen under the engine of many big businesses, <laughs> it's a mess. And it's often not what it what people think it is. And you know, is it, is it profitable? You know, I mean, I, I only had a, a conversation with somebody yesterday and, you know, we were talking about Q4 and Black Friday and, and, and planning ahead. And they were like, we're not doing this big revenue target where we, you know, sell, let's say sell 5 million in a day, but we didn't actually make any profit. And we did a load of busy work and paid a fortune in ads and staff and logistics and everything else. And it was like, we would rather just have a solid profitable quarter. Mm-hmm. Than a big fancy revenue target that that doesn't actually isn't actually profitable. It's like all right, it's, it looks great. Like oh, I made five million on Black Friday, but I didn't actually make any money. If anything, I'm in the red. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it was just sickening a few years ago in the coaching world in the the like online expert world. It was just so hilarious, but also like sickening that these these coaches would have these big celebrity coaching programs. And what they would basically teach people is to have fancy photo shoots and then how to close on the phone, like get people interested through your fancy photo shoot and then get them on the phone and then close them with this script. And it was just like, you guys aren't, you have no business experience. You you have no sales experience. You're just taking fancy Instagram photos and closing on the phone. It was Some just nine, nine, 19 year old. Who yeah. Rented a for day. yeah. <laughs> I know, the, I know the sort of people you're talking about. I remember yeah. seeing them. It would have the exact same script. Oh, I was broken, sleeping on my mother's couch and blah, blah, blah. And now here I am. They'll go down, they'll go for a walk in Miami down the beach and take a photo in front of somebody else's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, yeah. Oh yeah, here, here I am down at the beach, rocking it. But um, yeah. So look, with the coaching, because you do, you know, as we mentioned, uh, like you have this high level coaching and you've put number, there's been quite a few people who've gone through it. And, you know, I was looking at testimonials. A lot of people seem to have very positive um, things to say about it. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the common things that you've seen? I imagine some of it is quite repetitive in terms of the the issues that you see people come in coming in with, especially with, you know, you come from a very organizational and sales led background. So, I'd just be interested to hear from your perspective. 
Are you are you asking the challenges that the clients that come to me have? Yeah, typically, like what what are the common things you see when when people come into like your coaching and mentorship that you would see that entrepreneurs are facing? Yeah, the 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 huge thing is the overcomplication and being baffled by technology and thinking that that's how you're going to win is to have the fanciest, longest funnel or um, the the shiniest most best light videos and things like that is like absolutely not not needed <laughs> like the the biggest fanciest website most people probably won't even look at it um your your five ten step funnel people probably drop out in the second email so um i take a lot of technology headaches off of my people because all they hear out there is funnel this and tech that and automate this and messenger bot that. And I take a lot of that technology stuff, remove the barriers of them, you know, frankly, wasting time on a website no one's ever going to see um, or making that their excuse. Oh, my website's not up yet. I can't launch. I can't launch. I can't launch. So taking away a lot of the the self-inflicted barriers either mindset or technology is the biggest thing that that I deal with with my clients is mindset issues holding them back or technology issues overwhelming them or frankly just the 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 I do a lot of lifestyle stuff too cuz that stuff affects their business as well a, a lot of time management stuff too um, system creating systems getting uh very reasonable VAs and and outsourcing things in a in a reasonably priced way in an efficient way and um, I film everything I do in my business I film and I call them behind the scenes workflows and I put them in the my mastermind membership site because people see you know I just did a forty five minute video on how I repurposed my social media across all the channels and it was like a forty five minute video but after that they they got it. They finally figured out how to, in a streamlined way, be on all the platforms, but not lose their voice or their branding if they had a VA take over that, that um, task. I mean, you've, you've opened up so many boxes there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. But it, it's, um, uh, I mean, you're, I think you're so on the money, you know, it's, it, it you def, there's definitely that limited mindset mentality that often rolls into the, the tech isn't ready. The copy isn't ready. The graphics aren't ready. It's you're, you're making excuses out of the fear of putting yourself out there mm-hmm. because everybody has a fear of rejection. Don't care who you are. Like it's inbuilt into you to a degree. You can overcome it by working it like a muscle and building it up. But ultimately, almost almost everybody, unless you're super uber confident, has some form of fear of putting themselves out there, you know, and, and that's where having coaches can help you with that mindset um, to, to get over that. Yeah. And I think now that the, my mastermind group, it was a pure just coaching group, but it completely evolved in just two months. And I think a lot of it has to do with COVID and everything, people wanting connection and wanting collaboration. But those guys are really helping each other push each other to set their workshop dates and get out there and, um, you know, someone will have a success and they're all, you know, happy, genuinely happy for each other. So I think that's, that's a big, I haven't seen a lot of nice, legit collaborative spaces that weren't 
catty and competition and comparison filled. So um, I'm pretty, pretty like excited to see this evolving. Uh, I think a lot of those places, though, it's everybody selling the same stuff, like, mm-hmm. and that's sort of effectively competing with each other. Um, True. You know, and, and and like, I know the sort of ones you're on about. I mean, look, it's the it's the big click funnels is the big elephant in the room. You know, when you're talking about sales funnels, you can't avoid their marketing. He's in front of you everywhere. It's why they're such a big company. Everybody promotes it because it's a good affiliate program. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether they believe it or not is irrelevant. You know, it's actually a terrible terrible platform to build yeah. um, it hasn't been updated in about seven years but there, i mean there's way better alternatives at the it's minute, way you know I mean? over complicated and overpriced yeah for what, for what it is but it has really good marketing it's like big right. commerce <laughs> terrible product great marketing <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like shopify all day if you're selling physical products why you would even consider big commerce is beyond me um but like yeah so so, so it's so the technical side of things. So, I mean, a lot of these people who you're working with, are they like course creators or are they selling services? Like what's what's kind of the typical um, business model that they're working with? Or is it a variety, like a widespread? Yeah, a lot of them are thought leaders or people that have gone some through something pretty bad and come out of it and want to share their what they've learned. Uh, I have some intuitives. I have a lot of uh, professional organizers still. Uh, Not so much course creators because I kind of guide them not to do that right away. Um, I I want them to do a program first and and get good at that and then worry about spending six months creating a course that no one will buy. (laughs) So um, yeah, it's a lot of creatives, a lot of people that have these really neat ideas but don't think they can monetize it. A lot of people that uh, have just this unique perspective on something or like I said, they've been through something not so good and they want to um, help others that are going through those problems. That's often one of those things where it's like, you know, it it affected you or you went through it and it had such an impact on your life. Like it could be a bad divorce or it could be a parent dying or losing a child or like there's, there's horrible things that happen people. But when it happens to them, it was such a thing that they feel like they would really like to help somebody else to try and get through it. And and I get that that's, um, you know, that's, a, that's, that's the model, I guess, that they're going after. It's a genuine, like, I really would like to help other people who are facing this problem. Um, you, you know, so that's, an intro, you know, it's it's unique. You know what I mean? It's niche. Ultimately, you know what I mean. It's niche, but then these things affect lots of people. <laughs> so it's personality based. I mean, we help them get their whole personality into the brand, like you mentioned earlier with me and the Hawaii stuff. Uh, I I kind of try to pick pieces out of their personality as well, so they stand out and aren't another me too whatever online. For sure, and then. When you talk about time management and systems, I, I'd love to know, like, you know, what, yeah, what's your, what's your best advice on time management? You know, <laughs> that that's like a, a a huge great question. I mean, there's so many things you can do. Um, I'll give you the two things that have helped me recently, just with all the upside down life from from quarantine and COVID and everything. The two things that have even kept kept me on track the last six months or so was having recurring time blocks. So a lot of people use time blocking. So they'll look at their to-do list and they'll create time blocks in their calendar. But that 
that can get a, a monkey wrench thrown in it pretty easily. So I like to have people have recurring time blocks of the same thing. So let's say Tuesday and Thursday, you have three hours of in the morning of LinkedIn outreach, no matter what. And then Monday, you record f- the four podcasts. And you know, so it's kind of a, a mixture of day theming, uh, time blocking and having the recurring time block is has been a huge thing. So you don't get behind on things. And, you know, now, for example, my podcast is so far in advance. I think we're we're done through September already because I've had so many recurring podcast time blocks that I'm not, I used to always fall behind and now I'm not falling behind. And another thing that is huge. I think especially for women with our intuition and hormones and everything, but I'm sure it'll work for men too, is having an implementation. I'm just calling it implementation week. Uh, You can call it whatever you want, but basically I block out a week, one week out of every month where there's no phone calls or meetings or anything. Those all get shifted to other weeks. There's no interviews. There's nothing that week. So For example, what you can do in an implementation week is you have this huge time and space to redo your website or uh, if your sales are low, you can catch up on sales that week and really do a lot of outreach or or you can um, do that some big project that you've been putting off, like starting your book or something like that. And if you kind of feel that you're all put together, you can take a week off like it's it's I had this implementation week for about five years. And then I took six months off last year to travel full time and and get married and stuff like that. And then I haven't had it when I got back to reality from that trip. I haven't, I didn't have my implementation week and I'm really starting to see the, the effects of it. And the biggest effect of it is that if you have calls and interactions with people, especially for introverts, Every single week, it could really start to feel like a grind. Uh, and having this space of a week where there's nothing scheduled is just the biggest gift <laughs> that you can give yourself. It gives you, yeah, I mean, it gives you that time to, to kind of recoup, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, I feel the same way. I mean, like, it's if you're doing lots of calls, especially if it's a mix of, you know, like you might have, I might have. Merchant calls, it can be stressful sometimes, you know, because it's big business doing tens of millions, you know, mm-hmm. and they're, they're big problems. It's not it's not little problems, it's big problems. And then you're, you know, doing um, client calls and prospect calls and like it takes it out of you. And then but the podcast is a light. Like for me, the podcast is this is me exploring my creativity and my own interests. Mm-hmm. And like, I love what you're doing and I'm very interested in it. And I'm genuinely curious. Like that's, that's the way I've always been. That's why I started this. Like I'm really interested in working online, working remote, building online businesses. So, I mean, it doesn't like, this doesn't feel like work or anything, but like if you come off the back end of like maybe two days of, I don't know, like let's just, I don't like using the word stressful, but like, you know, just <laughs> draining um, mm-hmm. interactions. Uh, yeah, you, you don't really have that pep. You're like, oh, on the phone again, you know, and, and it can, it, I think it can even come across. So having that space, um, you know, and I'm really mindful of that now myself as well in terms of like having those days 
like you're saying, where you time block off, like I record now um, people can only book in on certain times. You know, I tried for me, it's Thursday. You know, I try to just do, do my podcast on it because before it was driving me nuts. It was a Friday morning, a Monday evening, a mm-hmm. Wednesday evening, a Wednesday morning. And it was like it, it, it was it was annoying me, you know, so plus you have to get into the mode. I mean, whatever you're doing, podcasting or writing or doing your videos and having to set up all the lights and everything, there's a there's a vibe and a mode to that and you can't go from podcasting to writing a social media post to having a sales call like it just jambles your brain up so so it's just it's a really helpful thing if it if you're feeling like you're in a grind at all to to kind of build some space into your calendar that way yeah and really really own your calendar you know don't let it run you um <laughs> you know like you 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 give you give your calendar but also to live by it like it was a big thing for me when i started to do that like really try to uh, like you like you suggested you know time blocking for specific tasks having certain things you do on certain days i work with a lot of different freelancers um i mean i have probably at any given time 10 to 15 different freelancers that i'm working with so like even just keeping on top of them you know, could, mm-hmm. could could drain you because they're fecking asking questions and pinging you and everything else. So similar to that, I'll only do it in the morning. I, you know, like I, I just, I typically do a first thing. I'm up about half six. I deal with my freelancers while I have my coffee, you know, and I, that's when yeah, just when I, re- that's when I reply to them all and, you know, nobody else is up. And then, you know, my kid gets up and uh, hang out with her and watch cartoons or whatever. And like that, that's what works for me, you know? So, um, Perfect. So look, uh, Erica, where can people find you if they want to connect with you online? Yeah, my main website hub for everything is ericaduran.co. And uh, I also have a Facebook group called New World Mastermind where I host, uh, I teach like literally my whole paid for your presence method from A to Z every couple weeks in there. Um, So you can come learn this method and implement it absolutely for free. And that's New World Mastermind on Facebook. Amazing. I'll make sure to link to everything in the comments. Erica, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I, I love your show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.